26th of July. Uh, this is Peter Webb speaking, and I have the pleasure of having uh, Lorraine Quimby in my house to pick up where he left off on his recollections of uh, days gone by. Um, and I think, I'm not sure, the last time we met, he was going through his milk run memory and going house by house and I think he stopped at this house which is 48 Mason Road in Brookline um, and uh, a moment ago he said he remembered uh, delivering milk here when would that have been? Oh in the late 40s and, and who was here? Arthur and uh, Jenny Goss what do you remember about them? well they were pretty well along the years then because I mean I was just a teenager so everybody was old then to me. Uh, they were, must have been in their, probably in their 80s at that time. And uh, seemed like a very, very nice couple. And uh, uh, I know Arthur was a uh, <clears throat> carpenter. He and his son-in-law, George Davis, were both carpenters. In fact, they, they had built a barn at my place, the one that burned in 1965. And, uh, although I didn't have too much contact with them, except when I used to stop here and, and uh, deliver milk, and I... They had one child? Hazel, yeah, and she married, she married uh, George Davis. Where did they live? At that time, they lived across the street from this house. I think that was originally, that was originally the Goss place. Well, this was the Shattuck house. And uh, uh, Arthur Goss's family lived across the street. So then, then, then uh, and later, after uh, Hazel married George Davis, the two of them, Hazel and George, lived across the street there. Okay. Um, do you remember delivering milk across the street? Oh, yeah. Mm -hmm. Who was there at that time? That was the... Uh, George Davis and Hazel. Okay. Yeah. Was it George Davis who was the Englishman? No, no. Arthur Goss? Pardon? Or was it Arthur Goss who was English, or am I mistaken? I don't remember if either one was speaking with any kind of an English okay. accent. Right. Arthur Goss, he was born in Maine, I believe. Okay. According to the town history. Well, I stand corrected. <laughs> yeah. And George Davis, I'm not sure where he came from originally. Um, let me ask you, do you remember the barn that used to be here? Yes, I do. We used to go in there, <coughs> and they had a, a windlass there in the middle of the barn uh, that they used to raise it. Well, if they'd been slaughtering slaughtered pigs or whatever, they'd, they'd hook on to that and... Uh, raise them up so they could get at them to butcher them. It was a large, about 80-foot wheel, I think. Well, okay, it was, um, it was a wooden wheel with an axle that was horizontal. Right. And the rope uh, was around the wooden wheel, and, and they'd pull that and it'd raise another right. uh, rope with a hook on it. Yeah, that was given with the, the large wheel with the rope on it, that, and that gave you the mechanical advantage to the small the, the axle to uh, raise the heavy weight that way. Uh, what do you remember uh, George Davis doing for a living? He was a carpenter. He was? Yeah. Okay. Both he and Arthur Goss were carpenters. Okay. And 
do other than your uh, barn at your place? Are you aware of any uh, anything else? There? I'm not aware of any okay. others. I'm, I'm sure they did other built other buildings around here too. Okay. Well, go, go down the street a little bit as you're heading west to Mason. Who's the next house you recall? Oh, let's see. Oh. There's a place that used to be Bentley Farwell's place on the right. On the right there, yeah. There, his Bentley Farwell's grandparents, uh, 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 Wesley Jilson. Did you say, say that name again? Uh, Wesley? Wesley Jilson. Jilson. They were uh, Pearl Farwell's, old group of Farwell's wife. They were her parents. Okay. And I believe that was early. I think that was one of the old district schoolhouses at one time, too. Okay. Way back. Yeah. Because I, uh, so I remember uh, Jilson drove school bus when I started first grade in 1939. An old Chevy uh, panel truck with a couple benches in it, and that was, that was a school bus. Yeah. I remember him. He... Uh, a lot of people used to make fun of him. He, he had uh, uh, palsy. He, I mean, his hands shook, and he, I often wondered how he managed to hang on the steering wheel. But probably now they wouldn't even let him drive. But I never really had that much to to do with him, except when he tried the school bus, and uh, and I don't I don't recall his wife. Okay. Well, let's see. If I'm not mistaken, again, as you're heading west, I think the next house would be Henry Anthony's house, the guy who works on clocks. Yeah, when I was a kid, that was uh, Louis Burge huh. up there. What do you know about that that family or him? Uh, I believe he was a carpenter, too, come to think of it. And his uh, son, Earl Burge, yeah, I don't, you probably knew him, didn't you? Yes. And then there was a daughter, um, Gracie. She married a, uh, a Corey. That's one of these brothers and sisters, married brothers and sisters. Oh, okay. Yeah. And see, uh, Gracie. Let's see, wait a minute, no. Yeah, Gracie married. No, wait a minute. I'm getting confused now. Okay. <laughs> uh, Gladys Corey married uh, uh, um, Earl Burge. Gladys Corey, yeah. And Gracie Burge married, um, who was called Pete Corey, Elmer Corey. So. Now, let's say, uh, Henry Anthony say, says that he, he believes that his house was the schoolhouse. What do you think? Do you, do you think he's mistaken or not sure? Well, I, I'm not sure. Okay. Well, how about across from um, Henry Anthony's place, or Matthew's place, what do you know about that place? Well, I remember it was, a, it was a very beautiful old house. Of, uh, I think it was a single, if I'm not mistaken, it was a single story house. And with a Medium-sized barn. So we used to go up there quite a bit when I was a kid. My folks were good friends of the Matthews. I see uh, they had, I think, oh, uh, about four sons, I think, and uh, 
I can't remember the name. It was uh, uh, Billy. The old man's name was William. I think one of the sons was Bill, and then there was Guy and Johnny, and I think there was another one. But, uh, and they used to be at our place a lot when I was a kid. And, uh, of course, they were about the same age as my parents. And then in later years, my mother, well, I remember when I came back from Germany in 1964, that house was still standing and Charlotte Matthews was still liable. Old, old Bill Matthews had long since died. I don't remember anything about him anyway. But I, she was still alive when I came back from Germany in 1964. And, I, and that's one, the first thing that I did when I came back from Germany was to go up there and visit her. And, and she was a very interesting person. She was, like my mother, she was very involved in the town history. And, and my mother talked, chatted with her a lot. And a lot of, got a lot of uh, good information about town history. And some of it I have somewhere, some of the, the, the notes that my mother scrawled and anything she could get a hands on, she was a great hand for that. And anything, she, blank piece of paper, she'd use it, put, uh, write notes. And so I'm trying to get all that stuff together and get it written down it's before it fades out completely. Most of her stuff she wrote with in pencil. But uh, uh, and she, I mean, her telling me that she got a lot of information from Charlotte Matthews. No, Charlotte Matthews. I, th I think she was a Gilson. I don't know whether she one of, was one of the, the Brookline Gilsons or not. But, uh, in fact, I just checked in the town history this afternoon to see if I could find anything about her in there. So she might have been from a, a different Gilson clan than from what. Uh, grew up here in Brookline. Several generations of Gilsons lived here. But, well, that place, it must have been the 60s that that place burned, the late 60s or early 70s. That was one of the suspicious fires that happened in this area of town. And there was a one person that blamed, any time there was a fire, there was one person that always got blamed for it. I don't know whether he was responsible or not, but uh, they attributed a lot of the fires to him. But, uh, but there was, it was a beautiful, beautiful place, a very idyllic spot. I, I, I loved it. <laughs> I always thought I'd like to build a place here. But then uh, uh, I think all the sons, the Matthew boys, are, are gone now. Because they would, like I say, they were all the same age as my parents, my my mother would have been 101 this year, my dad 100, so they're probably all gone now. But, uh, and let's see. I think some uh, some of the boys, I think, were in the Army, or in the service during the war, World War Two. How about the old Bill uh, Matthews? I think you referred to him as, do you know what he did for a living? Or I don't know. Okay. I, I don't really, I don't really remember him at all. Okay. I probably saw him, or I don't know, maybe I never did, maybe he was already <laughs> dead before I even got acquainted with the family, but I know my folks had been involved with him for quite a few years. And okay, was there another house down the road heading west that you think of next? Most of those houses are pretty new. Yeah, I can't think of any others there along that stretch at all. Did you go up Russell Hill? In Russell Hill Road, because the Russell 
house on the curve up there, that was there. And just beyond that, on the right, there was a house there. And I think there was... Let's see, wait a minute. I think before we get up that far, there was a, a place there near uh, Quentin Drive. I think there was, an old, there, was, there was an old house there. And I remember there was a... I think the barn is still on the opposite side of the road. I think that's still there. And I'm not sure who lived there at that time. I'm, I'm quite sure whoever it was had, had uh, cattle there, had some cows and, uh, and some chickens too. And back in the 30s and 40s, most everyone in town had chickens. <laughs> uh, the Russells, did you ever cross paths with the Russells? I never had anything to do with them, no. I, I don't really... The only thing I know about them is why we do town history. Yeah. Uh, stuff that I've heard since then, but, uh, yeah. but I had no contact with them at all, and it was wasn't much of anything else up that way. Okay, all. well then let's go back down the road. Uh, let's uh, let's go um, east on Meeting House Hill Road. Um, there's a old cape there on the left, the first house on the left, if you know which one I'm talking about. It, it, it's across uh, Springfield Avenue from... No, before that. It was Fodler's place. It was actually a Homolesky place, I guess, a long time ago. The center chimney cape on the left, the barn fell down. Uh, the guy has an antique shop sign there now. Oh, yeah, 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 okay. Just after you cross, go back. Just after you cross Route 13. Yes, left I'm sorry. Now. Yeah. Okay. Um, well, when I was a kid, the 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 main house up there there was a family by the name of Mosier, I think, lived there, and I didn't really know much about them. I knew their granddaughter, but she was around my age, cute little girl. She she worked at the uh, uh, railroad snack bar. She ended up marrying a guy from uh, Pepperell, uh, just across the, on the West Hollis Road, just across the Hollis Lane into Pepperell, Slocum, played with Slocum. But I didn't really know much about, about her, I didn't know her parents, but she, I think she just spent the summers there with her grandparents, and other than that, I didn't have much contact with them. Because on the opposite side of the road, there's the Susies, I think Florence Susie still lives there. There's a house before that. Uh, On the right. Yeah. That wasn't there. And that was okay. that was that's new. Okay, good. All right. In fact, yeah. there are two houses there, just this side of there. There is. They're both that's new. That's true. Yeah. Okay. Well, tell me about uh, the place where Florence lives. If you remember anything. Okay. Yeah. Of course, that was written one of the first schoolhouses. Uh, uh, First place in town where school was taught. It's uh, when I was a Susie's Wilfred Susie, Wilfred Elmira Susie lived there, and they had, let's see, they had two daughters, Lorraine and Florence, and a son, Wilfred Jr. Florence, uh, Florence is the only one of the kids that are left now. Let's see, okay then. Uh, I, I rushed you too far. Uh, did we speak about the the houses? Uh, you know where Hilda Dahl lives now, the Red House. Oh, uh, 
I, perhaps we spoke of that before. I, I, I think we did because we got this far. So. See, there was. I think that was. When I was a kid, there was a friend of the name of Armstrong, Bill Armstrong, that lived there. And that was, I think, one of the early, the Beverly houses. And just back this side of there was the hall where Forrest, well, Elfie Elf, Hall lives, and part of that is where he and Winston Hall grew up. And their father was Forrest Hall. And Forrest's father was Alpha Hall, who the A.A. A. Hall Company, what is now the village store, they, they, they ran that. Okay, Alpha well, I've screwed up our sequence here. Let's go back to Meeting House Hill Road because we're moving towards the village store. Okay. So the, the Susie place was owned by Wilfred. Was that, uh, that was Florence's father? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because yeah. yeah. they were, other towns here in town, they were, let's see. Mama Susie's sister, Anna, married Chester Barnaby. She's Donnie Barnaby's. She was Donnie Barnaby's mother. Oh. And they, let's see, Anna Barnaby and Eleanor and Susie were Willettes. Tell me that again. Elmira Susie and Anna Barnaby were they were they were Willettes. They were sisters to Agnes Homolesky's father, and uh, 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 Leo Ouellette that lived on uh, uh, Main Street, and there were, uh, there were a bunch of, of Ouellettes, a lot of them, and, and over, I mean, the family, the kids was coming out over quite a few years, so I knew a few of them. But, uh, okay, let me pull you back and do this street tour. Okay, so, we, uh, so does your memory bring you down Springville Ave at all? Uh, let's see. The, okay, the first house going in Springville Avenue was, in the later years, was, um, Elwood Perron lived there. And prior to, and back when I was a kid, oh, there was a family named Ambrosini, John Ambrosini, and they had a couple of kids. Claire was in my, was in my grade. Uh, then the next house down was the Hughes. Is that left or right? Hmm? Left, left, left or right side? Uh, of the on, on the left. It was uh, Billy William Hughes and I don't remember his wife. They had, they had a, a daughter, Ida Hughes, and they had a daughter, Luella. She was two years older than I was, and I didn't have that much to do with her. And let's see, there was, uh, and that was it on there until we got down to uh, what is now Dale Ward's house, and that was ill. Uh, uh, Roy Connie Ward lived there, and that was her, had been Connie Ward's uh, parents' place, the, <clears throat> the Nye place. So several generations of Nyes lived there. Connie Ward was, was a Nye. Those were the only places that were on Springfield Avenue. Okay. Yeah. Well, let's then go back to Meeting House Hill Road and go downhill on the left. Of course, on the left first place, beyond the Barnaby House, the Historical Society, I was the, uh, when I was a kid, it was uh, uh, Grace Campbell lived there. I don't remember her husband, uh, 
Don't know whether he's even still alive when I was a kid, but she was an old lady then. I used to deliver the Nashville Telegraph and the Grip Magazine to her. In later years, she married a, a retired congregational minister, Mr. Berkeley, Reverend Berkeley. He was from, from England, and they were both pretty well, well, up in, I think, probably in the 80s when they got married. So I used to stop in there quite often to visit them. Um, and because I was away from here for a few years, and so I don't know, I don't know when Nancy Howard moved in there. But like I say, when I was a kid, that was I. I'm not sure who lived there before Grace Campbell lived there. Was that one of the Willoughby places? No, I'm not sure. But like I, say, I remember, it's the Grace Campbell house. Then the next place going down the hill. On the left was a family by the name of Beals. Uh, I didn't know the parents. Uh, several of the kids were somewhere around my age, and a couple of the boys were a few years older than I. Um, they, a couple of boys, were in trouble a lot. One of them, I think he ended up, according to what I've heard, that uh, he ended up in uh, some river with uh, cement boots on. Okay. I, guess he, I guess he was involved in, in drugs. And that's, that's a story that I heard that, that supposedly happened after I had left this part of the country. Okay. But, uh, then, that time there was nothing directly across the street. Well, yeah. As I see, the next house down, Let's on, see. on the left? On the left. When I was a, let's see, Frank Farrell, Frank Gladys Farrell lived there for quite a few years. Prior to that, there was a, I think a Mrs. Tarble lived there when I was a kid, because I used to, she was one of my uh, National Telegraph and uh, Grip Magazine customers. I delivered the, Grip Ma the National Telegraph and the Grip Magazine. And uh, then the next house was uh, Fred and Miriam Jepson's on the left. What do you remember about them? Oh, gee. Fred and I started school together. We were in the same grade. And they had several kids. With Fred, he was saying, yeah, I wasn't a news. Another brother, Charles, Chinky. And he. He went away to college and ended up teaching. He taught school in Ashburnham for quite a few years. I think he still lives out there. And let's see, there are a girl, uh, Norma. She's still around somewhere, I don't know where. And let's see, there was uh, Philip. I don't know what he was in. And then there was a young boy, Paul, I think it was. He died quite young. Because Miriam, she was uh, active in whatever was going on in town, the church, and uh, most everything else. And she, I think she, at one time she, she was a correspondent for the uh, Milford Cabinet, I believe. 
that she was quite quite active in, in, in town activities. What was she like? Pardon? What was she like? Very outspoken. And she didn't. She wasn't afraid to share her her thoughts or opinions with people. <laughs> and uh, I mean, you always knew where you stood with her. I mean, you you know her. I do. I wanted yeah. you to yeah take the first stab at describing yeah. her. But, uh, no, she was like she. she I believe she. I think she taught school for her too. And just as a digression, her her brother lived up on Old Milford Road at that yeah, brick Carl, under Carl Smith, yeah. Carl and and sister Barbara lived there with her with Carl. With her. Okay. And then there was another sister, uh, Marjorie Durrell, lived right at the town line, Brookline Milford town line, that little house on the right there. That's not the building, but when they put Route 13 is where it is now. They had to move the original house back, or oh, they just tore it down, and replace it with an exact duplicate of it, back farther from the road. And the Marjorie's daughter, Jenny Jellison, I think her name is, lives there now. But then Carl, like, uh, yeah. That would, that would be yeah. um, Mabel's daughter. Mabel's daughter lives there, yeah. yeah. That's where Mabel, Mabel grew up in that house. Mabel so. is the daughter of? Uh, uh, Marjorie okay. Smith Durrell. Did you know Mr. Durrell? Yeah, Bill. I knew him. He was a, I'm not sure just what he, just what he did. No, I can't, I can't really remember. No. Well, forgive me. Let me draw you back down. Um, the, you know, uh, the, the next house going down Meeting House Hill Road, be it right or left, I'm not sure. Okay, directly across from uh, Jepson's was a big, beautiful, big old house. I don't know who lives there now. When I was a kid, there was a uh, Ellen Ingalls and her son Homer, Hoopy, everybody called him. He was, I think, two years older than I was. And they both, the mother and son, were some people called odd. Well. Because I don't, I knew nothing about her husband, but uh, Homer and I sort of hung around together. He was, most people didn't like him, because he was different. Well, my sisters and I always had a tendency to team up with the underdogs. <laughs> so he, I just went stop in there, and a lot of people, most people didn't even know Mrs. Ingalls. I mean, I thought she was a nice person, a little bit strange, very strict in Homer, but... Uh, I guess she felt she had to be, there's no husband around to be the disciplinarian. And he spent a lot of time at my place. <laughs> he usually always managed to be there supper time. <laughs> but uh, a lot of people didn't didn't care for him, but I don't know, I got along okay. Well, I always managed to get along with everybody, but uh, and he I don't know how she afforded that place. That was a beautiful place then, even then, with the, the big old central chimney with the fireplace on I mean, three, at least three sides. It was a beautiful place. And, uh, and later, later years, because like I say, when I, I went away to college. I got out of high school in 52. I went away to college and I came, 
I came back here in 1964. So, a lot of things had happened in the meantime. A lot of people moved and people had died. So, then when I was, I said there was a family man of Chorney that lived there. I didn't really know anything about them except one of the daughters rode on, on my school bus when I was driving school bus in the late 60s. All right, what about across the street then and down one from Miriam Jepson's place? Well, let's see. There was a family, Pete and Clara Charette. David was his real name, everybody called him Pete. Clara Charette, it was a, one of the early Willoughby's. And she was married to, she met with the uh, Legion, the Kildoff Workman Post. All the, uh, Kildoff was the only one from Brookline who died in World War One. And she had been married to him. And after he died about 1918, I think it was, she married Pete Charette, who was about, I don't know, 20 years younger than she was. <laughs> um, I remember they they had a an ice cream stand there. Yeah, I think out back they had I think they, I think they had some chickens like back in those days. Everybody had chickens. I think they had an ice cream stand out back, and I think that ice cream stand eventually ended up down Route Thirteen, where the Riverside of Sightrax restaurant is. I think that was moved down there and that's what A.D. Whitkin opened up when he first opened his, up his ice cream stand there. It eventually became the Riverside restaurant. But, um, so, and I, because, again, they, they were my paper customers too. <laughs> Besides, I used to sell seeds and uh, salve and all kinds of stuff like that, but, uh, and I didn't really know Clara too well. Pete was an easygoing guy because everybody liked him. But, uh, she was a lot older, but uh, so then let's see. And then they had they were connect, had something to do with the the next house, the big one where Phillips used to live. The, that was a Willoughby house, wasn't it? He was a jeweler and the watchmaker. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, and Clara, yeah, because I, yeah, they had, because that, yeah, she was Will Clara Charette was a Willoughby. But, uh, there was a family, so I know they, I think they lived in the little house there, where it was, Sari's little house, isn't it? Yes. Yeah. They lived there for a while, then, they, I think they lived in the big house for a while, too. I'm not sure how it, I know they had, they had connections to both places, but, uh, and when later years, uh, there was a another family that lived there for a while that came in from out of town. So I didn't really know them very well. And I guess the next place down was the what is now the Cyril's place. I guess and that was the I think when I was a kid, Cyril's lived there that time too. I guess they've had some excitement there recently. <laughs> uh, um, that was one of the old, the old stores. Uh, I can't, so I can't remember names. That was one of the old grocery stores back 100 years ago. 
So you <laughs> so you remember it well? I didn't remember it as a store. It wasn't a store. It was the, yeah. the Searles lived there at that when I was a kid. Um, well, then you got the Bents and the Bunkers. Yeah, Bunkers. When I was a kid, there was a... Well, when, I first, when we first moved to Brooklyn in 1935, we lived there where Bents lived now. Okay, so you're on the right. Yeah, on the right. And where, where Bunkers... Uh, there was a family of the name of Cooper that lived there. Okay, this is this, the house across the street, right on the fork in the road. Yeah, yeah. What do you do? You remember anything? About I don't that? remember anything about the Coopers. Then, uh, when I was a teenager, Bill and Ruth McGee lived there. They were both school teachers. Bill taught mathematics in Nashville High School, and Ruth, I think she taught primary grade somewhere. They had two daughters, Joanne and Janice, I think. I think they both went on to be school teachers. And I think Joni lives in Marlboro. Janice, I think, lives in uh, Amherst. So uh, the house that you lived in, which is now owned by Benz, uh, yep. do you remember who used to live there before Benz? <sighs> no, I don't. All right, we'll turn this on. Well, Okay, we moved in there in 1935, Quimby's. We stayed there a couple of years, and then we moved down to Property Hill Road. And I think right after, I think the Bents moved in there right after we moved out there. And they've been there ever since then. Okay. And coming back up, okay, we didn't do Canal Street. No, we didn't. What, do you remember anything? Or okay, anything? let's see. The first house in there, when I was a kid, there was a family named Perkins that lived there. I don't know too much about them except that. Oh, see, their daughter married a Brooklyn guy, Walter Wortenden. He was, uh, I think, he was drafted into the army in World War Two. I think, I think they got married just about that, about the time World War Two started. Um, Virginia married Walter Warden, and then there was another. There was a son, Clayton. He was from Virginia. At that time, in the early forties, she was probably eighteen or something. Clayton was. Uh, He's probably early teens, and there was a, a younger girl who was probably, I think, a couple years younger than I was. Okay, well you say that name, Wartonen, that's like Kilda Wartonen? Yeah. So uh, Arnie Wartonen, well, they lived up across, well, they're across from uh, Crisanti's restaurant on Route 13, where the hydraulic shop is, just as, uh, east of there, south of there, whatever. There was a, uh, a house there, was one of the original hall farms, and the Wartons lived there. They were a Finnish family. And there were, I think there were four boys: Arvo, Wino, Oni, and Walter. And Wino and uh, Arvo were. They were. Uh, well, up in the 40s or 50s when I knew them, because Wally was just late teens. Arnie, I think he was probably in his early 20s. 
he uh, went down with a transport ship in the Mediterranean because he never recovered his body. But, uh, World War II. World War II, yeah, yeah. Then after, 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 after the war, they, because Oni didn't come back, and uh, Wally had moved out of town. He had lived in Massachusetts somewhere, and the two older boys were living in Massachusetts, and they wanted to get settle up the estate, so they sold the farm to my dad. <laughs> For practically nothing, they just wanted to get unloaded. Get the money out of it. But, uh, that's anyway, a, that's well, a building that's not there anymore? No, that burned back in the uh, late 60s, I think it was, or mm. early 70s. Mm. I know my my dad bought it from the Wardenans, and then my mother's aunt and uncle had moved to Brooklyn from New Boston. Actually, they, they had brought up my mother, my mother's mother committed suicide when my mother was six months old. So her aunt brought her up. So they were always granting Grammys and my sisters and me. Anyway, they moved to Brookline and moved in there. My dad owned that Portland place there, and so they moved in there and they stayed there for a few years and they ended up on Newford uh, Street where uh, I can't think of names anymore. He must be getting Senile. No. Oh, no. Anyway, that uh, and my dad and my dad sold that place to my guy who eventually became my brother-in-law. That was probably I don't. Know, that and that piece of land had the house and the little, and uh, that little shed there. That was a part of it. And they had the, of course, being typical Finns, they had their sauna in there. Oh, they did. Oh yeah, every I mean, all the Finns, they had to. Every fan had had a sauna. Anyway, and my know my folks used to go up and use a sauna. But, uh, there was that that piece of property and that went all the way up to the the road that goes up to the what used to be Better's Quarry, where the fine lines is up there. It went up to that driveway there, and then all the way down what is now the. Uh, Fine lines where the Black Smitty shop is, the fine lines and the next house down. That was all part of that property. And plus, we were about 25 acres down on North Stream. And my dad sold that to my brother in law for practically nothing. And he, my brother in law, didn't even know he was getting the land down in the meadows. Uh, my dad gave everything away. <laughs> anyway, we were on. We were on uh, Canal Street, weren't we? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Remember anybody else in Canal Street? Okay, the next, let's see. Let me ask you this. I I heard a million years ago that the floorboards there bore the marks of the ice uh, shoes, the spikes from the ice shoes. Did you ever see that? No. Mm, Never no, heard that? No. No. Let's see, let's see there. You know that Grover Senior referred to that place as Skin Alley. Remember that? No. Okay. Well, so you see, the next place down there was where the Ingrahams lived. Carl and Hilda Ingraham. I'm sorry, you're on Canal Street. I'm still on Canal Street. Yeah. The next house on the right. Okay. Yep. Yeah. Uh, Ingrahams, Carl and Hilda Ingraham. 
their kids, Shirley, then there was Billy, Dickie, Nadine, and Bruce. Um, was Carl was his name? Everybody called him Jigger. <laughs> he was a hot character. He was he was in the Navy during World War Two. His sister, because and his folks, the next house down. Uh, uh, Jigger's parents lived there. Louis Ingram. Jigger's sister was married to what? Well, oh, okay, Pearl. She was Don Fusco's mother. She was married to. Uh, can't remember his first name now. Then she divorced him. And later, she married Forrest Hall. Hmm. What the heck was it? Uh, I can't remember the Fusco's first name anyway. I never really knew him. He was, like I say, divorced and he moved out of town. And I think she lived there in that house for quite a while and then she married Forrest Hall. Was that Forrest's first wife? Hmm? Was that Forrest's first wife? No, that was his second wife. His first wife was Florence, I think her name was. She was originally from New Boston, I believe. I think her name, she was a Corliss from New Boston. I remember, I remember her. I remember Forrest's mother, you know, the Granny Hall, old Alpha Hall's wife. As for uh, Forrest and Florence had the two boys, Alfie and uh, Winnie, because Winnie lived right across the street there now. He married Peggy Hall, Connie Roy Ward's daughter. Sister to Bobby Ward. I didn't know. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so if I were to get into all the relationships in, in town, I would get you totally confused. <laughs> but uh, let's see. Okay, I was on Canal Street. Of course, later years, the first place on the right, Canal Street, Moran's was it, Tom Moran. When I was. Uh, they, I think, um, I think they must have been about eight kids in the family. They was one of our milk customers, <laughs> and they moved up here from Fitchburg, I believe, in, back in the mm -hmm. must have been the uh, late forties, I believe. Then the cross on the, the end of Canal Street on the left. There was, when I was a little kid, there was a, a Finnish family, they were on a Knuti. I don't really knew, I didn't really know much about them. I know, of course, being Finn, he chummed around with the workmen's and all the other Finns in town. And quite a, back then, there were quite a few Finnish families in town. And then later years, um, Norman and Arlene Homoleski moved in there, and they had a, raised a big family. Uh, see, the only, I think the only one of them. They found it's still in Brookline now. Is David Homeless? He lives on on uh, Springvale Avenue now. And something I never remembered, but the foundations are still there on Canal Street on as you go on the left there. The foundations are still there. The old boarding house where a lot of the the ice house people lived.
Is that the place they called the beehive? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that burned down? That burned down, yeah. And I think a couple guys, I think, I think they eventually died as a result. They weren't actually killed in the fire, but I think they died as a result of the fire. Mm -hmm. and then right next to that, just below that, right down here, was a big old place. And I think that had been a boarding house, too. Are you still on uh, Canal Street, or are you going down the meeting house? I'm going down the hill now. Okay. Let's see. Wait a minute, no. Those, uh, where my Hawkins lives, I think that was right next to what the, was the old boarding house. And, and then the, the big other big boarding house next door. Because I remember when I was a kid, because uh, the ice house, I don't remember that, because that burned. I think that the spring we moved to town, so I never remembered that. Uh, then there was a old guy there, John Elliott. Where did he live? He lived in, in the big, the big house there, the other boarding house. And uh, is that building still there? No, that's gone. Oh, okay. Yeah, still got it in some of the pictures there. Okay. Uh, he was one of the town characters, and he, if I remember, I think he, he, he sold cordwood. And my dad sawed all the cordwood for him, because my dad, that was one of my dad's businesses, and he sawed cordwood, and old John used to, had a beat up old pickup, and he went out, cut, he cut the cordwood out in the woods, and brought up to our place, and Unloaded it there, my dad saw it, and he took it and delivered it around town, sold it around town. And I think at one time, he, I think he sold vegetables, too, and, and uh, uh, strawberries and stuff. And then there was a guy that lived there. Uh, I think Chet Elliott. I think he was a nephew of John. And... I don't know whether he'd had polio, but I think I think he had a bad leg or something. And he had a little store there in the building. He sold candy and uh, soda and uh